Morning Porch. Um, like Shannon said, I'm Kristen Bembry, and I get to be the kids pastor here. I do a few other things too around here, but today I get to solely be the kids pastor, and it's one of my super favorite things that we do. I love teaching your kids about Jesus, and I'm sure you guys can tell this isn't a typical Sunday here at the porch. It's extra special, and I feel like we say it's not a typical Sunday, so I'm just going to say that the atypical is our typical Sunday at the porch now, so nobody needs to say it anymore. Um, We're celebrating all that God is doing in our kids' lives today. And one of my things that I do to celebrate our kids is every time we meet on Sundays and Wednesdays, I give every kid who wants to share the opportunity to share anything about their week. They can say something funny, they can say something serious or sad or gross. I don't put any conditions on what they tell me, and they tell me a lot of things. And so I want you to have that opportunity to hear from one of our porch kids today, too. So I have a super awesome friend, Brantley Smith, who's going to come up here and share about her couple favorite things that she's done in porch kids over the last week or two. Brantley? She said that she loves the porch kids because of how fun the lessons are. Lately, they've been learning about parables. Parables are stories that Jesus used to teach the people about heaven, how we should live, and how our hearts should be. One of the most recent that they've learned in Porch Kids is the parable of the lost son. Each week, they do a craft to go along with their lesson. This pig they made because they learned about how the lost son wasted his money and ended up with the pigs before he finally went home to his father. Brantley, I am so proud of you. Thank you for coming up here and sharing everything. Thank you, Noreen. You did a great job, too. (laughs) So on Sundays in the backyard, we watch a video series. It's called Connect HQ, and it has us listen for two things every week. Kids, if you have ever seen a Connect HQ video, what are the two things we look for when we watch our video? Shout them out. The verse and the point, that's right. And that verse and that point help us connect that lesson to our lives. So here's what I want you to do, Porch Kids. Are you ready? We're going to show a Bible verse to our grown-ups who brought us here today. So if you have a grown-up, turn to them and get ready to repeat after me, all right? Proverbs 17, 17. A friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in times of need. Excellent, excellent. Parents, will you give your kid a big round of applause for showing you where we're starting today? So yes, we are talking about friendship and we are starting in the book of Proverbs today. And I'm sure some of you who are sitting in here think this is a kid's lesson. This is from the kid's pastor. I'm just going to close my eyes and take a little nap for a few minutes. But I'm asking you to hang with me just so you can see how God, I hope God will speak to you like he spoke to me whenever I wrote this. Our friendships have the ability to make or break our lives. The people we spend the most time with will set the trajectory of your life. They have the ability to make us better or make us worse. I did a little bit of research, and statistics will tell us that we are the average of our five closest friends. Think about your five closest friends. You're probably not the kindest, or the smartest, or the richest, or the funniest in that group. You are delightfully average. But as we spend more time with our friends, we start to become a little bit more like the kind one, maybe a little more funny, 
little bit more financially savvy, and we can rise to be like those around us. But the opposite is true as well. If we only spend time with cynics, we become more cynical. And I can guarantee that if you hang around with people who are constantly getting in trouble, you too are going to get in more and more trouble. Proverbs 13.20 tells us, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. We don't need a statistical study to show us that we become like those around us. It's so common that it's been written about in the Bible. It's been going on for thousands of years. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. So what do we do about it? Well, we spend time with real friends, right? And make sure they're good ones. That's the Sunday school answer. But I ask you to think about your five closest friends just a minute ago. Could you? Do you have five close friends? And I don't mean the acquaintances, the people from work, your real friends, not your Facebook friends, not your friends on Instagram or TikTok, the ones who know your life. Social media has led us to believe that we are connected with others, but we aren't. I scrolled social media this morning while I was drying my hair, and I can tell you what a friend had for breakfast, where another friend went on vacation, and that a third friend's son made the baseball team, and we are just so proud of him. We've all made posts like that. We see other people's lives, but we don't know their life. We are not their friend. But I think I'm connected to them because I liked all of their posts. Social media is lying to us, telling us that we're connected when we're not. That study I mentioned at the beginning, it told me 30 years ago, adults had six close friends. Today, Americans say they have two. And what's even sadder is that 20% of the people interviewed said that they have zero close friends. None. One out of every five of us in this room has no close friends. We are more connected online than ever, and yet we're continuing to get lonelier and lonelier. So I ask you again, what do we do about it? We should gather. Gathering is so important that we made it our word for the year. We need to put our phones down and come together as the body of Christ. Sunday morning's a great start, and I'm so glad that each one of you are here, but Sundays aren't enough. Who do you share your life with? Really share your life with. The messy stuff, the funny stuff, the mundane, the seriously important stuff. Who do you pray with, laugh with, cry with? If you can't answer that question, I beg you to find a group of friends who love Jesus and will love you because you cannot survive this world without them. If you need a place to start, there's the connections wall outside, and one of our connections pastors will be there to help you connect with a group of people who love Jesus and love you. Because friendships are vital to our lives. But I'll confess that I didn't think that these friendships were always super important. I justified my lack of friends because I was too busy. Work was too busy. My husband's schedule was crazy. My kids' activities took up too much time. And I, who work at a church, got enough connection through Sunday and Wednesday nights. I thought I was good, but I was wrong. Two years ago, God whispered to me to start a community group for moms who were too busy. I didn't want to start a community group. I was one of those moms who was too busy. But I listened, and I started a group, and I called us the ladies who lunch. The irony made me chuckle. 
We didn't have time to meet. We didn't have leisure time. I said we were going to meet at a local coffee shop for one hour, no more. Give me your lunch time once a week, and we will get all the connection that we need. But as we met, my love for this little community grew. We shared with each other, we prayed for each other, and we laughed loudly a lot. I know that that coffee shop was glad when we left because we really were too loud to be inside. I was beginning to see the need for connection and how I was a better person Tuesday afternoons because we got together and shared our lives with each other. Community is vital to our life. Hebrews 10.24 tells us, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I know I'm biased when I say this, but my little group of Wednesday volunteers is one of my favorite bits of community that I get each week. We didn't start out as a community group, but now I like to think that we are one. We meet with your kids at 5.30, and we eat dinner together before our lesson. The adults share about our lives and our own weeks while we open ketchup packets and set up happy meals and try to make sure that your kids eat at least a few bites of something that they've brought, because um, we know that full kids are happy kids. We share about, we laugh together, and we craft together, and we try to contain the amount of glue that your kids use. However, we have found that we really fail at glue control a lot. I'm super sorry, parents. We've grown into our own little community as we share with your kids how much Jesus loves them. I love these group of ladies so much, and I look forward to serving with them each week. They really are the best. It's a great community. And I tell you those stories to tell you this. We, as humans, are made to gather. We're made for community. We serve a relational God who made us in our own image, which means he made us to be relational. And yet so many of us don't think we need anything more than what we get here on a Sunday morning. Jesus loved his friends. He saw the value in connecting with others and living life together. The Gospels tell us who Jesus was and what he did and why he did it, but there's a whole lot of white space in the Bible. He didn't just live the stories that were recorded. He lived a full human life. He lived with the messy stuff, the funny stuff, the mundane, and the seriously important stuff. So much of that wasn't recorded, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Jesus knew the value of friendship and of spending time with others. It's all over the Gospels. Yet we, and I'm the guiltiest one of all, sit here and live a lie by scrolling social media and telling ourselves that we have plenty of friends. If friendship was important to Jesus, shouldn't it be important to us? How can we say that we don't have time to gather with friends when Jesus spent so much time with his? Don't you want to be more like Jesus? I know I do. Thank you for answering me. We cannot truly be living into God's purpose for our lives if we're not in community with each other. So I ask you to ask God to give you the strength to let others into your life. Ask him to show you who needs to be invited in. Ask him to help you be real in community. And ask him to give you friends who are pursuing God. Because when we pursue community, pursue friendships, and let others into our lives, 
We are pursuing the very nature of God and will receive all of the joy that comes from living into his purpose for our lives. And normally here, I would pray for you to talk to God and however he wants you to respond, and I would ask the band to come back up on stage. But today I'm going to ask you to do something a little different. We have a friend. Her name is Betty. It's her picture up here on the screen. This is Betty. Betty is the tiniest one there. She is a kindergartner at Scintilla. And we found out on Friday that she was being sent to Wolfson's Children's Hospital because she had had several strokes. And she's doing well. She's mom says she's in good spirits, but she's got a long road ahead of her. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me for complete healing for Betty. Dear Jesus, I thank you for the people in this room who truly know that you have the power to heal. And I ask that you heal Betty, that you help her vision, that you help her coordination, that you heal her completely and wholly, God. I ask that you give Julia and Danny peace as they navigate this. I pray for Lucy and George as they stay here in Valdosta with friends. Help them all to feel the peace that only you can provide Help them see your goodness in this hard time, Jesus. We know you have the ability to heal, and you will heal, Betty. And we just thank you for that as you go before us. God, we ask for your healing touch on her now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that she is with the doctors and that she is surrounded by family. Lord, that they would know that the body of Christ is holding them up in prayer. God, they need some answers. And Lord, we just pray for, for Betty to just be brand new. <laughs> Lord God, work in this family. Remind them, God, I pray that even in the valley that they find themselves in right now, their eyes are lifted towards you that your name is on their tongue, that, that Betty is being ministered to in such a supernatural way we could not even pretend to describe it by your Holy Spirit. God, we ask you to work in this precious family. They are part of our porch kids. Or Danny and Julia, that you know they, they gave all of last year and the, the, to the early service porch kids and poured out. So many of our kids know them, God. And I just ask that you would move in their life right now in the name and the power of your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. 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 Kristen, thank you for sharing uh, with us this morning. Uh, your ministry to our porch kids is, um, it's good. <laughs> and I mean that in a, in a way that's, um, uh, you are, you and the people that you have brought alongside of you to help pour into our kids. Uh, it's evident, it's obvious, uh, it's evident by the dedications, it's going to be evident by the baptisms later, how God is using you to teach these kids the basics of the faith. And so thank you for your leadership. Thank you to the volunteers. You know, I know we just prayed for Betty and I want to, you know, I, I, we thank you volunteers um, for being, given your time and, and all that you do. Um, we so very much appreciate you. Um, 
the community that Kristen spoke about, it's real, friends, it's real. It, it's, it's not, oh, these are my favorite people and I'm gonna hang out with them. It's real because of who Jesus is. It's real because of how he changes our lives. It's real because of how we see him working in other people's lives. And it makes us go, oh, I, I want more of that. I need to know about that. I, I, I want to know about this Jesus. That's how it worked in my life. I know that's how it worked for a lot of you. So when we pray for a family like the Wrights, it's, it's not just because, oh, we, we feel, you know, oh, we should pray for them. But it's because they're a part of this community. They're part of this, and, and they have friends and people who are connected to them. And though they might have a lot of common interests, the common denominator is their faith in Jesus Christ. And the community that Kristen talked about today is the community that's with us in those valleys, and they're with us on the mountaintops. And they're with us when it seems like a flat plain, and, and, and there's really nothing going on. And they're with us when we're coasting down the hill, and everything seems to be great. We're like, woo, like on a roller coaster. That's what community does. And it's real. And as Kristen said, normally this would be the time to pray for you. Well, I, I don't want us to miss that. You've seen people partner in ministry. You've seen people stand up and dedicate their children. You're about to see some incredible kids be baptized or baptized or baptized and all the different ways you can pronounce it. Y'all, it's real. It's the work of God in people's lives by the power and the promise of Jesus. And he works in little kids, and he works in our students. My goodness, what an amazing witness they are. He works in our young adults. He works in us all the way up. So I'm telling you this, and I'm not trying to repeat a message. I'm just telling you this because I just... I just really feel that it's important in this moment. I, I feel like I should share that some of you feel really alone and you, you, you connected with that one in five stat. And from the outside looking in, it looks like you've got, you got it, but you're alone. And the first step is, is Jesus. He wants to be in your life. He wants to make you whole. He's not there to thump you upside the head and make you feel bad. He's there to be a part of your life and fill you up and say, I've got purpose for you and plan for you. And I know all the hangups and all the stuff that's been going on and you feel guilty about so much stuff. I took care of that at the cross. Say yes to me, walk in new life and find out what it means to, to be who you were meant to be. So if you're lonely, that's where it starts. And then the body of Christ. And then the people around you. That's the glory of it all. That's the glory of it all. In the valleys, where our friends the rights are right now, and on the mountaintop, and everywhere in between. So as I prayed at the beginning of the service, oh, let's don't be spectators. Let today be a day that you're like, God, I'm, I'm lonely. I need the body of Christ. I need Christ. Maybe that's your prayer today.
You just have to say, God, I believe in your son Jesus. And I believe he's taking care of my sins. And I believe he rose again on the third day. And so the resurrection life he lives in, that's what I want to live in. And you take that step. And you let us know. Let's spend some time in worship and prayer. Maybe you need to go to the altars. And, and, and I know it's crowded. Oh, oh, well, excuse me. Get by somebody and come and pray if you need to. Okay? Let's spend some time worshiping our Lord. And then we'll celebrate the sacrament of baptism.